Okie dokie, welcome everyone back after a week off as the boys were on vacation in Tampa Bay. You know, just having some fun, seeing some old friends, watching the Bucks beat the Saints. Man, <clears throat> a lot has developed, you know, wrestling right now between AEW and WWE. We're kind of waiting for the next big pay-per-views. We got uh, Royal Rumble obviously coming up in about... Mm, six weeks time and then we're quite a bit away after we just had uh the AEW pay-per-view from its next big event as I always say they have the big four so that being said outside of the ring there's things going on and cleave and tones as we bring it in here the top two that I had my eye on after listening and reading some various outlets number one Vinnie Mac after a long time of not getting his name back in the race, after being set to the side due to some heinous allegations, um, there's a report today from Russell Ops is facing that Vince McMahon is facing fresh legal demands from two women who allegedly sexually assaulted them. Reports also state Vince has told people that he intends to make a comeback. What is going to involve? Not really sure, but quite interesting. Another big name, Sasha Banks, who was yet yeah, let and you know a disruption firing, however you may have it, with Mr. Vinnie Mac. She is on her way to New Japan Wrestling next week. I think I saw reports where she's making about a hundred thousand dollars per showing, and she has a few lined up. And she did not have to have any talk with WWE, so a lot of people think that that might be on hold for a while as. Maybe she just wants to do a little bit of wrestling and some other things, whether it be movies, AEW, so on and so forth. So with all that being said, we also got no content, new contenders for our titles. SmackDown is in Chicago, all of our hometowns this week. Sadly, none of us will be there for the first time in a while with other things going on. But that being said, a huge, huge wrestling week ahead of us between news and and upcoming shows. Cleve, how the heck we doing? After, it's been a while since I talked to you. I'm doing good. Uh, like Joe mentioned, it's a lot that's happening this past week within the wrestling world. I think the most shocking of them all is the possibility of Vince McMahon returning. A lot of us thought when he stepped down a few months ago that this would be the end of Vinnie Mac, but it seems that he wants his baby back. And well, maybe we see a clash of heads between him and Triple H possibility. We know Vince is still the – he has that big um, – he has the most shares in the company at the moment, the highest percentage. So it's it's an interesting thing that's going to happen. But hopefully – it's just me. I hope that Vince does not come back as full-time just because I think Triple H did a tremendous job. But I think Vince coming back, I just don't think he's – 
he can keep up with the new generation of wrestling, the things that the new fans want to see. Tones, I've been talking to you a lot lately, but how we doing and what's your thoughts? Gentlemen, one of those days where you wake up and you realize anything's possible. We lost the late great coach Mike Leach today. I want to give my utmost condolences to one of my most favorite coaches and not only football, but in all sports. And he was one of the last ones to tell it like it is and be real and really not suffice and bend the knee to the lifestyle that we live in in 2022. So I think he was a great guy, not only for his locker room, for the guys in that locker room, but he was a great family man and just a beautiful soul. And uh, Mike Leach will be missed greatly. Many memorable press conferences, many great uh, antics on the sideline, many things he did for the community and whatever program he was at, whether it was assistant coach at Kentucky or Oklahoma or head coach in at Texas Tech, Washington State, or the late great Mississippi State. This man was literally coaching on Saturday. On Saturday, and today we get the news that we have lost Mike Leach. So he was a warrior. He was, you know, he was college football. And he reminds me of one of those guys that just, you know, always did him. No matter what people told him to do, no matter how people told him to act, he didn't care. And he was genuinely courteous and curious about reporters and their lives as well so mike leach thanks for everything you did uh you'll never be forgotten we love you here and uh it's been a somber day in the sports world you've seen many of people tweet about it i mean he's also groomed coaches like lincoln riley cliff kingsbury josh heupel the tcu head coach as well just uh the things he's done for the game is unspeakable and uh, the legacy he'll leave behind is unspeakable and uh, translating into wrestling, transitioning into wrestling after that, which is a little difficult to do, but I, I don't think we see a Vince McMahon comeback. He might be speaking about it, but I don't think we're going to see it. I think that wrestling personally likes the state that it's in right now. We might get one-offs down the road, say at a Hall of Fame induction or at a WrestleMania, something along those lines. But I think uh, for now, at least, as much as I would appreciate an appearance from him or a couple from him, he's got his own battles to face. And until all that muck gets cleared out of the water, um, I don't think that he'll be back anytime soon. I think WWE likes the current position and direction they're going in. And as far as Sasha Banks, she's been a cancer to that locker room. So I don't think that's a big loss. Oftentimes she's not a leader. She's a follower and uh, she follows the path of those wrestlers who have made poor decisions in previous years and previous regimes and some people don't learn their lesson. Those people never get their way. Wrestling's an industry where they don't care who you are or what your name is. If you're acting out of line, you'll walk to the next promotion, probably not do as good, and soon you're either Hollywood or never heard from again. So, uh, you know, she falls in that category, and she has no one to blame but herself. I don't really feel bad for her. She's getting a lot of money per appearance, so it's not like she could cry that it's hurt in her pockets financially and quite frankly to me to me she blew up the whole she over blew the whole situation and tried to play the victim card and now uh, she's trying to do well from it so hey if she's getting paid from it kudos to her she's helping her pockets but I used to be the biggest Sasha Banks fan and 
quite frankly, I could care less about her or her wrestling journey at all right now. And yeah, just the go ahead, Clay. Just a quick comment on the Sasha thing. I 100% agree with Tones because my grandma is one of she does she is not a fan of Sasha at all. And I remember at times I used to defend Sasha, like you know Sasha's really good and this and that. But it just seems like the longer this drags out, and it just when you sit back and really think about it, all the times that Sasha has left out, and it's it's just been a bad, ugly look. And it says a lot about her personality compared to Vince or you know all the other stuff. Because I th- the last reason was because she didn't like the division, the way the women's tag team division. All right, that's understandable. But still, though, you don't pack your bags up and go home and pout about it. And it's been almost an entire year. And, you know, Sasha was good, but I just think that sometimes some people think that they are more important than what they really are. And I think Sasha will probably realize that later on down the road because don't get me wrong, New Japan, it might be fine paying her a lot of money. But I think any real wrestling fan, any real, if you grew up watching wrestling, then I think probably one of the biggest things would be to wrestle for the WWE. And I just think, Sasha just really left a bad taste and a lot of people, fans, Max, I see a lot of fans on Bleach Report that saying, well, we don't care that she's gone. It's just that I feel there'll be no point of bringing her back now just because it, she'll probably get a negative reaction from the crowd just from how she tried to stronghold the WWE and to change and stump something around. Like, and I just, I'm just, I'm over Sasha at this point. Yeah, and, you know, my thought on talking about Vince McMahon and Sasha Banks is my view is things happen and people move on and for completely different reasons, one right, wrong, or indifferent, but uh, wrestling moves on. And for sure, uh, whether it's Vince or Sasha, neither company is hurting um, from these things taking place. Uh, Then again, neither of them, are really hurting. Yes, you could say Vince McMahon, but the man is loaded with cash, and I'm pretty sure no matter what happens with him in his situation, um, unless he goes to jail somehow, which I don't see ever happening, he'll be just fine. Sasha, another one, just fine. She's going to make plenty of money, whether it's movies, whether it's uh, wrestling. If she does go to AEW, doing these one-off shows with New Japan, uh, everyone's just going to be just fine at the end of the day. Uh Kind of like Clave and Tones alluded to, Sasha, for me, uh, I do say I used to be a really big fan. It's not because I strongly dislike her now. It's just because she hasn't been on TV in a while. Why am I going to focus my attention on someone who's off the screen of something I really love? So between her and Vinnie Mac, I would say both WWE and AEW don't uh, need to see these two individuals to, you know, yeah, sure. You could have a little pop here and there, uh, as Tones also said. But at the same time, there's so much to talk about in wrestling that if Sasha thinks she's just going to keep getting a lot of attention from the wrestling community, it will wane over time. And we've already seen that happen in the past year as uh, people just don't talk about the story simply as much as they used to. Yeah, Of course, now we're talking about it as she is finally stepping back into the ring, but what that proves to me is I started with, she's going to do some shows. She's going to get her money. Uh, New Japan doesn't have enough money to give her the contract she's going to want. So she's not going to sign there full time. Uh, she's already doing some, you know, movie roles and all that. So 
hey, good for her. If she's moved on, she's moved on. And maybe she's a part-time performer, uh, just like many others have done in the industry. Uh, but I thought it was good to hit on those two people because at one point in time, you could argue that Vince McMahon and Sasha Banks were top five most important people at certain points in the company. So it is just things grow, things evolve. You have many superstars. WWE knows that. AEW is learning that now. And we move forward. I also brought up earlier that we have a Chicago show Friday. Uh, The reason Tones and I won't be attending that is because we have the Chicago Bulls game in it. Unfortunately, they've been playing like just crap lately, but we're going to hope to bring them a win. Uh, And then Cleve's in Hawaii, so obviously that's a no-go for him. Uh, A couple of things. I don't know if either of you saw, but Kurt Angle had a birthday bash on Friday night's episode of SmackDown. Brought out the milk truck at the Alpha Academy with it. Uh, Cleve, would you like to see at some point, because he still has some recovering to do, but, you know, Kurt Angle – maybe get one last big match uh, and a win. Cause his last one tones and I were at WrestleMania in uh, not in Tampa, excuse me, in New York, he lost to Baron Corbin and uh, probably not the way he wanted to go out. That's for sure. Would you like to see one more Kurt Angle match? Absolutely. would love it. Just because you just hit it right on top of the head. Uh, Baron, we talked about this when it happened, Baron Corbin had no business beating Kurt Angle in his final match. See, it's the difference between some guys, you know, their final match where it doesn't matter if they lose or win. But Kurt Angle was arguably probably one of the, you could put him in the top 10 greatest wrestlers in WWE history, WWF, coming from his Olympic background and the stuff he achieved in the Attitude Era. And I truly deserve, he did, I truly think he deserved a better send-off match, a match where he can look back on and feel proud of and not something that, you know, you bring up and he goes, eh, it was, it was okay. But I would love to see it. And I think the person maybe would be a, a Chad Gable. Chad Gable reminds me of Kurt Angle so much when he first came around. Just that annoying type of guy, basically. He's in a, he has an Olympic background just like Kurt Angle does. Um, he does the German suplexes and all this other stuff. So I would not mind seeing a Kurt Angle and Chad Gable final matchup oh and i like how you already throw out the name gable as they did a little back and forth uh tones you're an alpha academy guy would you like to see gable and angle go at it and if not would you like to see angle at all here's it's torn for me because i really do want to see gable and angle go at it but i met kurt angle in september and um he wasn't moving too great. Now, not to say that he can never move good again or he can't get back in the ring or maybe, you know, it was just an off little day. But when I say he was moving like the big show out there, he was moving like the big show out there. And I love Kurt Angle, and he's a legend, as Cleve alluded to, top 10, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Uh, the things he did for WWE and TNA, now known as Impact Wrestling, have been, you know, you can't speak upon those things that's, how much success he's had in each of those promotions. So the guy's a legend. I think he's an absolute stud. I would like to see him back, maybe as a GM, maybe in a you know backstage role of some some capacity, and have creative intel as well. On the ring side of things, uh, maybe if he could prove that he can move, 
I'm okay with that, but I would need to see some film of that. I would need to see, you know, confirmation that he can move better than he was moving in September. Cause again, I love the guy honored to meet the guy. One of my favorite wrestlers ever, but to me, if you put him and Gable in a ring, Gable's so athletic, Gable's so quick, Gable's so fast. If Angle's not on his A game or Angle's not able to move even half of what Gable can do, then the match might be in trouble from the get-go. We don't need another Goldberg, Undertaker, Saudi Arabia, or uh, wherever the hell they wrestled type match. You know what I'm saying? It's like we could use a good quality wrestling matches. If Kurt Angle could provide it, I'm all for him going back to the ring if kurt angle is moving like he was in september i'd uh you know i'd wave with caution isn't that for sure um and like we and i think i saw something where he he's still going through some of his rehab and stuff so who knows um if he'll ever get back in the ring again it's something to think about as uh once wwe let him go in the vince era I thought that was really it for him in the WWE. Not so fast. He came back and uh, had a little, it was a fun segment. It reminded everybody of something he did roughly 20 years ago. Uh, so that was kind of cool. The milk truck just sprayed absolutely everybody and all that fun, good stuff. Um, let's predict two championship matches this Friday um, really quickly. That will be happening on SmackDown. We'll start with Tones. Number one will be Intercontinental, Intercontinental Championship, Ricochet, uh, and Gunther. Gunther has already won two times, so three strikes, you're out uh, And uh, on that side of things. That's how I look at it. I won't say who – I'm just going to say I think Gunther will win no problem. The other championship match will be Damage Control, will be Dakota Kai and – uh, EO Sky, they'll go up against Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox, who just came back in the last month, and a tag team titles match. So we have an intercontinental championship and a women's tag team championship. Tones, do this title stay in the hands of Gunther and Damage Control, or could you see one slipping to the wayside? I think for now, I mean, Gunther definitely wins. I think I don't see Ricochet beating him right now, the character that they're building Gunther up to be. If anything, Gunther will drop the belt, you know, in like a month from now and then have a big push at the Rumble or Mania, if anything. To me, I think it stays on him for now. They continue to build up his strong image, his strong character, his beast-like character. And to me, he gets a W. And I think Damage Control probably does as well. Um, I, I just don't see them dropping the belts at this point in time either. And I think uh, they would drop them on more of a grander stage if they were to do so. Not saying SmackDown's a bad stage to drop a title, but we all know how it goes on regular television when you're putting the title on the line. It's just less likely for the belt to change hands than it is at a pay-per-view. So I think that both titles do, or I guess I should say all three title belts, two championships in total, stay in the hands of the champions. Cleve, is there anything you're going to disagree on there? Or are we going clean sweep uh, on titles staying the same? I think the title stays the same. Um, I think Ricochet, even though he won that tournament, I think the real pitcher was Braun Strowman and Gunther. Um, I think we talked about this a while ago. Braun Strowman kind of punked Gunther. I said I didn't like Gunther running away. 
from Braun Strowman, but I think that's the direction that they're going for the Intercontinental Champion picture at the Rumble. And uh, I don't know, damage control with the women's tag, sometimes, you know, you forget even the women's tag team champions is around, but I think they stay champion just because I don't think there's no real team that's right now that can take the belt off of them. Maybe Toxic Attraction, but they're still in NXT and it seems Alexa Bliss and Oscar tag team is on the hold since Alexa just won the number one contender spot. So I think those two champions stay with who they are at the moment. But I did read a report. I don't know how true it was, but I did read a rumor that they were potentially a Brock Lesnar and Guthrum type of match heading toward WrestleMania. There is a lot of reports on that, and that is played part of a factor into why, because obviously things can change and reports can be wrong. Um, for example, Roman Reigns wrestling two nights is not even close to for certain. So that are that report um, that came out in many outlets, that one could be falsified. But nobody is disproving really that Gunther Brock Lesnar one, which in theory you got to hold with some credibility. I agree, and that would honestly be a banger of a match. If good, I wouldn't mind seeing Brock wrestle for the Intercontinental Champion. It's funny because Brock has only held the World's Champion since he's been with WWE. Never tag team or middle card pitcher so it would be interesting to see brock go down in the middle card pitcher usually guys of his status maybe besides john cena that late in their career actually challenges for the middle card champion so that's i think that would be a great type of matchup but i wouldn't mind a Braun Strowman one either yeah and you know i was gonna go right to raw real quick but i have to start here um because it was a title change and we had some disagreement and with the group chat, why, you know, even if, do I really uh, enjoy the new day? Yes. Do I even like, for example, when Kofi Mania had his run, Big E had his run. Yes. Yes. Does Xavier Woods uh, maybe deserve another run in the future on his own? Of course. But why did they have to win these NXT championships I don't mind people going down to NXT. Um, I know they're now the Triple Crown champions. They had a pay-per-view. So you could easily argue against me, I guess, at the end of the day of why it happened. I, you know, I will say this. New Day was getting kind of stale. Uh, like it was always them versus Usos or New Day versus Street Profits. You can kind of see how the Street Profits have kind of taken a little bit of break. They're still on TV, but not really in the ring as much right now. Uh, Usos are obviously very entangled with the Roman Empire. And then the New Day were kind of were a little bit out of place. So even though I just said, why the heck did they win it? I just made a few arguments for the other side. So maybe I am more split down the middle. Part of me, uh, though, does want to just say, what in the heck? But then at the same time, some of it makes sense. Uh Cleve, real quick before we get some Tones' uh, raw thoughts and that, what is your thought on New Day becoming the new tag team Grand Slam champions? I don't mind it, actually. I think with – I saw Shawn Michaels said the reason was to help bring more eyes to NXT and to help develop the young tag teams. I mean, some people argue the New Day is the greatest tag team of all time in WWE history. You can argue that, but I think with them going down to NXT, I think it was probably the right move, in my opinion. It helps 
develop the younger teams, and I think more fans would tune in to NXT because the New Day has a big following. Um, this credit this this the only knock that about the Usos being champions for so long is that you have teams like Street Profit and New Day that's just in limbo at the moment, no real direction because they can't keep fighting for the belt. So you have to do something with them. And Street Profit isn't as over as the New Day is. I think the New Day is too popular of a group to just have sitting on the sideline until you finally figure out what to do with them. So I think it was the right move. I don't think they would hold the champion belt for too long. I Probably a couple months, probably around mainly they would drop the belts, but I like the decision. Tones, your thought on that, and then I'm, I'm just going to throw it all at you with your clothes out. So you got the New Day as the new champions. We also have Alexa Bliss, the new number one contender. She beat Bailey to take on uh, Bianca Belair, which is interesting because she did her little Bray Wyatt uh, finishing move for a second before she snapped out of it uh, to Bianca, and then she left. So we have Bliss versus Bianca coming up. We have the New Day Grand Slam champions, and then also Seth Rollins in a – half-ass BS way beat Bobby Lashley to contend again versus Theory for the U.S. Championship. Um, do you think either of those people can win those titles down the road, whether it's at Royal Rumble or in the next few weeks on their own shows? And uh, give us a closeout to what you got going on in Bucketeers later in the week. First off, I'm not a fan of the whole New Day thing. They say, they keep going back and forth in NXT. What is it? They got to stay consistent. They're ruining their image. One day they say it's for the young guys. One day they're letting older guys win championships. It makes no sense. The direction of NXT makes no sense. Sometimes they're hyping it as a third show, like a Raw or SmackDown, and sometimes they're hyping it as the minor leagues. What is it? To me, WWE has really killed NXT when Triple H and Shawn Michaels ran it, it was prestigious. It was beautiful. It earned its way from WWE Network to USA Television. Um, right now, to me, it's by far the fourth or fifth show on TV uh, to catch eyes of a viewer in terms of major wrestling. So I'm not sure if it's a good idea for them to try and keep going back and forth with direction. I understand your guys' points of not want a New Day on the sidelines, and New Day was getting a little stale, this and that. But their imaging and unpacking and rebranding of NXT has been off the charts in the past 24 months. And it's really a war. I, I can't, I, I used to, NXT and AEW, Joe knows, it used to be my two go-to shows every, can't tell you the last time I cared to turn on an NXT, and it's sad ever since they really changed from the black and gold team. Uh, however, you know, New Day, I guess they got to find a role. So good for them. I'm not taking it out on the New Day. I think they're good wrestlers. So I respect them. But to me, it's just a bad image for WWE and what they're leaving and tarnishing NXT's legacy as. Seth Rollins and Theory, I've I seen Bobby Lashley got what, uh, quote unquote, fired or what? Adam Pierce fired him no. at the end of the show for shoving him. Do we know what that leads to? No, is it an actual firing? Of course not, but it's a storyline. Yeah, I, I just find it interesting the the things they're doing with uh, Lashley right now. I think they're kind of stuck with him, so they are trying to do the extra step in creating these storylines with him, and I respect that. I'd rather have storylines with the New Day doing stuff like this than them going back to NXT. So 
the Lashley thing just goes to show whether you like it or not. You could try and make and shape a storyline out of these veterans that you might not have uh, anything to do or put in motion with right now. As far as Theory Rollins goes, I'm not really too interested in that rivalry or set of brouhaha, not my cup of tea. Uh, I like Rollins as a dude, but I'm not huge on his character. I've said that for, you know, ever since he changed into this crackhead type Seth Rollins character, I haven't really been a fan. And then Austin Theory, I've just, you know, he doesn't float my boat. So as far as that goes, not really tooting my horn on either side of the spectrum there. If I had a lean, I hope that Seth Rollins somehow gets the title or whatnot, but uh, we'll see what happens there. And as far as the ladies go, Bliss, Bianca, eh, that's tough because Bliss aspect of things, you do have the Bray Wyatt aspect of things, or is she going to appear back to her normal self? I personally like her more as her normal self, Alexa Bliss. I'm not a fan of the Bray Wyatt character, Alexa Bliss, although it is a good character, just Again, not my cup of tea. I'm not a fan of, like, supernatural wrestling characters, if that makes sense. I like the wrestlers who are as real and authentic as possible. That's why I like guys like Kevin Owens and The Miz, because, you know, they're being their real selves, I feel like, out there. The Edge, Mark Henry, Big Show, those type of guys. When you got guys, you know, Alexa Bliss, I love her character, but when she's in this conundrum of the Bray Wyatt types, it, uh, turns me off a little bit uh, in the wrestling way. So um, <laughs> let, let's say this. I am looking forward to the Bianca-Alexa rivalry to see where that goes. I and am too. If I had a poll for one of them, I like both of them, so that's hard, but I'd go with Alexa Bliss in hopes that she tries to shy away from the Bray Wyatt side of things, if uh, that makes sense. It completely does. Thank you for answering everything I threw at you right there. Um, huge, huge game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday. Good luck to them, um, and good luck to the Bucketeers. What's your walkout, sir? Yeah, we're going to be rolling on Saturday morning, time to come, but pregame show Saturday, it seems that those do a little better viewership. We get a little better numbers when we do our Saturday-Sunday pregame shows. And uh, we're going to try and get to two episodes, but the Bucks haven't really been deserving or, uh, you know, worth covering two episodes for. Not a knock on them, but I don't need to lash out anger or get frustrated more than I need to. So uh, the one episode for now is good, but we'll be with you guys Saturday morning bringing you a Bucks bengals pregame show. We're 0-4 against the AFC this year. I'm going to predict my Bucks to win. I always do. I'm a homer. Um, with that being said, I would tread lightly. If you're a betting man, put a money in the Buccaneers, uh, them being 0 4 against the AFC. Again, they handle the NFC fine. We're 6 and 3 against the NFC with wins over Seattle and Dallas. So that's not really a problem in the NFC. It's the AFC that's been our kryptonite. We've lost to Pittsburgh. We've lost to Baltimore. We've lost to Cleveland. We've lost to Kansas City. At least they're all AFC losses. I could attest to that. I'd rather have them be in the AFC than the NFC at the end of the day. But this has the game of a big feels to it. And at the very least, the Bucks got to come out and play good football. I'm a firm believer if we win the last two games of the year, no matter what we do this week and then Christmas Day, you'd like to at least win one of them, my Lord, for heaven's sakes, finish 9-8. and eight. But I think 8-9 and nine with wins over Carolina and Atlanta will win us this dance. 
with that being said, um, not too comfortable of a spot right now. So these cats got to keep their gas in the pedal. Bucketeers will be bringing you coverage throughout the year in the off season and more. So we're going to keep hitting it hard. Uh, we had a full crew or close to full crew last week. Stunner was out at church, but we had me, cats, bucko and eight and, um, Huncho holding it down. So it's always a good time. We got a full crew right now and, uh, we're ready to rock and roll. We're going to be there Saturday morning. Uh, rain or shine. We'll be talking Buccaneers football. And once again, just, one last condolence hat tip to the late great Mike Leach, 61 years old, way too young. And uh, Cleve, uh, I don't know if you knew much about Mike Leach, but uh, he was one of those coaches who was respected by many, and I'm sure Joe can attest to that as well as uh, we've been watching videos and rating things and kind of just remembering the late great Mike Leach all day. So, uh, fellas, it's one of those things where – you know, just don't take life for granted. Like I said, he, the man was coaching on Saturday, and on Monday night, sadly, passes away far too soon. Yes, do not take life for granted. And with everything going on these days, stay safe. Don't get sick, people. And, Mr. Tones, we will be wishing the best of luck to your bucketeers. Hey, if it wasn't Christmas time, if I didn't have some gifts to freaking wrap, and if Auntie D wasn't over, I'd stick out with y'all for an extra 30 minutes. Or Tell so. Auntie D hello. I absolutely will, fellas. And, uh, yeah, you guys stay blessed, stay safe, stay healthy. Good luck to your teams because I'm not a douchebag like Cleve. I'm not a jackass <laughs> who roots for losses and flaunts his horn when our teams lose. So, I'll be the bigger person and uh, wish good luck to the Cowboys and Colts this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that, fellas. Stay safe. Love you guys and have a good show. Thank you again, Mr. Tampa Tones. Thank you, Mr. Tones. All right, Cleve, while we just unveil a lot there, give me your thoughts on the uh, two raw um, championship matches in our future and then your thought on Bobby Lashley and the storyline, how they're going with him being um, – Fired because I, even though we all know it's not going to happen, I do think they don't want to put him down in any way. They're going to keep building that man up, whether he comes back with the hurt business or goes on a tear by himself. I think something's coming. Well, I think maybe Bobby is nursing an injury, probably. I know we all, pretty sure we discussed this where Bobby had a few scratches all on him. Um, I know with the, the last pay per view with the line across his chest. So maybe this firing storyline is a way to get Bobby on TV to heal him up because it's WrestleMania season. Once the January gets here, we are officially in mania season where all the top guys are needed. And Bobby Lashley is one of those top guys. WWE has did a tremendous job. And the second time around building Bobby Lashley up to be this dominant character that he should have been 10 years ago when he first came upon the scene. But a lot of things, you know, Bobby wasn't as good as he was now back then. But he's one of the top guys on Raw. I think that if you were to take him off for a long extended period of time, people would notice Bobby Lashley not being around. So hopefully this is just him healing some injuries up, taking care of himself, you know, just to make sure he's 100% for Mania season. United States champion pitcher, I love it. It feels like the United States champion is the most important champion on Raw at the moment, seeing how Roman is both belts. And it's not a bad yeah. thing that your middle car belt is the most important, but I think it does. Some people, especially a lot of older people, don't like it because they prefer 
each show with their own belt, but kudos to Seth Rollins and uh, what's my boy name? Theory for holding it down. Austin Theory is a new person. You'd have told me a month ago that we would have a more serious type of Austin Theory. I'd be like, eh, but he's a whole new guy. He has the look of a future world champion now. That stupid cell phone gimmick thing is gone and without the selfie crap. It just seems like this is a new Austin Theory. I think they will put on a hell of a match. I still think Theory will win just because what will be the point of putting the belt on Theory and making him lose right away. And I think they have bigger plans for Seth Rollins heading into Mania season. So I think that belt stays right there. But the women's champion match between Bliss and Bianca is a very intriguing one. I know Tone said he wasn't a fan of Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt. I'm going to be honest. I was, and then at the end, I think it sort of got too weird, but I think fans got to understand that that was Vince McMahon at the time in control. Vince didn't understand the Bray Wyatt character like the Triple H does. He doesn't understand the uniqueness about it and how Bray Wyatt is just not like any ordinary wrestler. You have to treat each guy different, especially a guy like Bray Wyatt. So I think Triple H will be more hands-off on this one. I think Bliss will be able to really get her carrots out there on another level that she wasn't able to get under Vince. The um, Twisted Bliss tease that she teased yesterday was pretty cool to see. You can see that she was confused, Bianca was confused, the fans were confused. It's just like, okay, what the hell is going on? But I think that I, it will be the time to put the belt on Bliss. I like Bianca Belair, don't get me wrong, but I think Alexa Bliss has paid her dues. She hasn't been champion <laughs> I can't even remember the last time she won the champion. I think it's time with the crowd behind her, with a new character, bless you, on the horizon. It's the right choice. So I'll go Alexa Bliss overcoming Bianca Belair for the women's champion at the Rumble, most likely. Well, excuse me for that as I had to sneeze. And I, you know, I've mentioned a few times on Pat, I've always loved Alexa Bliss. She's one of my favorite female stars. Got to see her. Uh, not only win a money in the bank, but cashing in on the same night at a pay-per-view in Chicago, which was awesome. Um, so I'll definitely be cheering for her. I don't think she wins because I think Bianca has the title going into the next mania, but I think it's going to be a great rivalry. I was getting Clave. We talked about so many times we were sick of seeing, um, you know, damage control versus Bailey uh, or versus Oscar, um, who we seen go a little, dark last night or we you know alexa bliss i'm glad they're going fresh there uh seth and theory is the opposite of fresh but they're two great stars and you could always make a story out of that and bobby lashley is always going to be lingering so when you have that great of talent involved i don't mind that when you see a repeat as is um but that's you know a lot of what's going on for the people who do want to see uh, the new day, make sure you check into a little NXT and book a T because he's going to be going on there a lot, obviously weekly as he has been ever since the triple H takeover and the new announced teams have gone down. Um, one thing that is coming up tomorrow, AEW winter is coming. It's not a full out pay-per-view. It's not on a weekend. It's on their dynamite show, but you will have MJF's first title defense against a new opponent in Ricky Starks, which if you haven't seen the promo of them going at it, especially Ricky, I highly recommend it. 
Um, you also see an AEW World Trios Championship. They're doing a best of seven series, so whoever gets to four first. Death Triangle has two wins. The Elite have one. So that will be going either 3-1 or 2-2. The House of Black will be in action. Um, when they just shortly returned uh, when uh, me, Tones, and another buddy went to AEW a few weeks back in Chicago. And then Ruby Soho will take on Tame Mellow. So that's kind of um, something to look forward to. If you you know, if you haven't, it's on the 14th in the evening. So if you've listened to this uh, Wednesday morning, get ready for tonight. If you haven't, go back and check it out because uh, there's some good matches on the card. Cleve, you know, we kept talking about – oh, go ahead. You have something? Well, it's a question because we – like I said, we missed a lot by doing a show last week, but – I know I'm pretty sure our listeners will know that they released recently a list of the top tag teams for the year. And I sort of sent some in the group chat, but I really didn't reflect too much on it. But if you didn't know, the Usos are ranked the number one team of 2022. I think FTR and the Briscoe brothers were two and three. And it was kind of a lot of back and forth on Twitter. I don't know if you got if you saw it, but um, Usos made a FTR made a comment. It was like, "How are we not number one?" The Briscoe brothers, which I've never heard of, no knock on them, but I've never heard of them guys. They said they should have been number one, and then the Usos were like, "Everyone's all riled up," and it was just like they put up the one. But I just want to get your thoughts on that. The Usos being ranked the number one team of 2022. Do you think it was deserving or? Um, I I do. I think the Usos or FTR could have been deserving. Uh, here's why the Usos are a part of the best thing in all of wrestling, and that is Roman Reigns and the uh, Tribal Chief and all that stuff going on. At the same time, FTR has collected a plethora of titles. Do I like all the titles they bring in from all the other companies? Not necessarily, but at the end of the day, um, they've proven to come out of it pretty darn good uh, after, you know, they got released from the WWE. So I, I wouldn't have been fine either way. It's like, it's kind of like when a challenge happens in sports and they stick with the ruling on the field because it's the easiest thing to do. I'm not going to argue it. So the were the number one, they deserve it. I, and I'm very fine. And there's going to be so many opinions. It's not, I, I don't even try to go down those wormholes, but Cleve, one thing I did want to bring up um, in alignment as we get, you know, we move closer to Royal Rumble and we move closer to WrestleMania as the pay-per-view schedule because it has been beyond confusing. Um, one thing that hasn't been consistent is um, one thing that has been consistent is change in the WWE since the Triple H takeover, whether it be people signed. Um, we didn't even get to R- William Regal, how MJF knocked him out. Uh, and then a week later, he has already signed up with the WWE and he looks like he'll probably get some type of vice presidential role as his kids also in the inner workings. But Cleveland, um, we are going to get an NXT New Year's Evil on January 10th. But that is it before the Royal Rumble, which makes a lot of sense because obviously they're not pr- promoting any other pay-per-view on Raw or SmackDown. Um, personally, I'm cool with that. I don't think even though there will be some impatient people, we need a pay-per-view every month, especially when you get to the Royal Rumble and Mania. I, to me, and this is kind of getting off topic a little bit, but as we get towards the last quarter of the show, I'm just going to say it. 
I always have thought a good schedule would be going rest, um excuse me, would be into WrestleMania, would be going keeping it as is Royal Rumble last weekend in January, always fine with me. Keep that there, perfect. Then now they threw in Vengeance Day. That's gonna be NXT, so we don't need to get that get confused. But that pay-per-view is coming back, but that will be more NXT. The next main roster SmackDown and Raw pay-per-view is on Elimination Chamber on February 18th. So you get about three and a half weeks between the Royal and the Chamber. And then, obviously, uh, we'll get Mania on April 1st and 2nd in, in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. So February... They're putting the long breaks before the Rumble and before Mania, which I think is good because Chamber... It's not that they're rushing it, but Chamber just fits in so perfect to where you are because you get your Rumble winners, but at the same time, you still need to play out a couple of things that take place usually at the Elimination Chamber. Do you like the schedule they have going down the stretch here towards the big one? I do, actually. This reminds me of sort of when each show did a separate pay-per-view and SmackDown to have Raw would have June. Man, I forget about that. I forgot, not to cut you off, I forgot they used to do that. Dude, those were good days because it allowed each show to develop their storylines and it gave it more time. I really wish that they would, I know this is a little bit going off topic somewhat, but it's leading to what you were saying. I really wish they would do separate pay-per-views once Roman loses the belts eventually, just because I think it gives each show more time to develop their storylines instead of rushing where we get a number one contender and then two weeks later they end the match and it's just like no real building up to it i think it was perfect not to have a pay-per-view in december i'm sure one was tlc and i don't think i think they said they scrapped tlc as a pay-per-view type so i like it it gives the storyline leading to the rumble more time to build up instead of just you know one pay-per-view in december and then boom we got three months it's a rumble we got a rush we got i think it just gives each the big pay-per-views more time and more stories and it allows guys that are on the sideline like cody rhodes we know who eventually will be back and we know bobby's out and your guy Riddle, I don't know if you read three points. Well, he's he's gonna be going away for a little bit because to catch people up on that, uh the reason they kind of you know, I was always wondering why did they just kind of throw Riddle to the side after all the momentum? I get Randy Orton was gone, but he was going with Rollins. Well, even though it's not it's a wellness policy, it's not official rules, he got drug tested and weed was in the system. Well, they said if it happens again, there will be consequences. Now he'll be going to a rehabilitation facility. Um, And, you know, Riddle is an interesting guy. If you look at his life and uh, what he's kind of doing, what he's got kind of going on, I could – Cleve, I will not be shocked if at at WrestleMania he's in one of the top matches or he's released by WrestleMania. Well, so – just a big correction of what you said. I don't think it was marijuana because I read a report that WWE is not testing for marijuana anymore. So it could have possibly been painkillers or something like that. I know a lot of guys in the past have abused those. So I'm like I said, I'm not too sure, but I'm. Well, I'm going to look it up read. right now because my 
my whole thing on it was is they don't um go on as I look this up. Because here's the thing, if it was marijuana, it'd be kind of contradicting because WWE, his whole character is a stoner. It's like Rob Van Dam, you know, suspended RVD for smoking weed when his entire persona was him as a stoner. I even got a 420 shirt of Matt Riddle. They were promoting it. So I don't think it would be marijuana, but I think it's always tough to see a wrestler does this. We've seen it multiple times in the past. Um, I remember William Regal. This was back in 08. William Regal recently won King of the Ring. He won the Intercontinental Champion or a possibility of him in a world's title picture. Boom, he fails the test, gets 60 days. He's gone. Same with Mr. Kennedy. He was supposed to be Vince Bastard's son, failed the test. Boom. And it's just really unfortunate to see that, you know, at any moment you could be at the highest peak of your game, but doing something stupid or doing taking something, whether, you know, it's not even a drug, maybe it's something that's on the ban list, and it could just change your entire career. And I became a fan of Matt Riddle. So I really hope that he's go to rehab. He sticks it through. He, you know, he shows commitment and he gets his mania moment because he has been one of the better wrestlers of 2022. So Yeah, and this is an article from 411 Mania uh, to clear it all up. It's reported to believe that Matt Riddle has entered drug rehab treatment. He'll be entering one soon since most programs are in about 30 days. This would give him enough time to return in six weeks. While Riddle, Riddle has failed the drug test in the past for MMA due to marijuana, it was noted by Body Slam that WWE no longer tests for marijuana as a part of its wellness policy. However, it's unknown what caused Riddle's failed test. So it could really be anything. Hopefully it's nothing. Like we know John Moxley to struggle before. We've um, we've seen Jeff Hardy struggle. We've seen people struggle with either drug or alcohol um, abuse, not only in wrestling, but in real life as well. So to your point, I've always been a fan, but I hope he does come back strong because, man, just like life, we talked about the great coach, Mike Gleach. We talked about people and businesses like Sasha Banks and Simkan. It's sad, but the reality is if you're out, everything else moves on. And so, so do we all. So, I mean, it, it's, it's not an easy thing to embrace or talk about, but uh, it, man, that really, it made no sense to me around, I remember it was around the Clash of Champions time or the Clash at the Castle when they said due to creative reasons or blah, 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 maybe injuries, but it makes so much more sense now hearing about, unfortunately, about the um, drug testing because uh, you never, you know, injuries are bad enough. You don't want to see someone go out for drug stuff. And it's really cool too, just a little, just a little bit more on this topic. It's really cool that WWE has, you can see the change. And it's also around society, too, where 10 years ago, marijuana was frowned upon. It was, you do marijuana, you know, it's like a bad thing. But now a lot more companies are more accepting of it. I think it was really cool on WWE because a lot of those guys put their bodies on the line every night and day. And I think a lot of us know if you're a weed smoker, you would understand that. There are some strands of marijuana that are good for you that can help heal the body, put you in a beautiful state of mind, you know, just a relaxation type of drug, not like these hard type of party drugs and whatnot. So I commend WWE for that. I think it was a really great thing to do to see in 2022. Guys are no longer being suspended for usage of marijuana. 
The only thing is, if showing up to work high under the influence, I would definitely understand that. But on your own free time in your own home, using marijuana should not affect your job whatsoever, whatever job you work. Yeah. And, you know, before we get out of here, as we get to the last few minutes, um, William Regal, you mentioned a little bit. I brought him up. Um, He's coming back to WWE. I found it interesting how fast once Triple H took over and um, he didn't sign a long, you know, these older veterans, they don't sign that long of contracts and Tony Khan was cool with it. Um, But I did kind of see a comment, Cleve, like, you know what? Um, And I'm paraphrasing, but things are a little more off script at AEW. Take that point. What do you mean more off script? Like uh, more guys have their own creativity, or because I saw I I saw the Regal thing, but I also saw that it was a clause within Regal's. I don't know if you saw that part too, where there's a clause in Regal's release that says he cannot appear on the WWE television for a year, cannot show his face. So I wonder is that was sort of an interesting thing by Tony Khan to do that. Um, I don't know how WWE would make that happen, where how would they have Regal on a show without showing his face? I thought it was kind of a, a I don't want to use a bad word here, but I thought it was such a, a weak move that Tony Khan would have that in someone's contract that after being released, you cannot show your face on another show for an entire year. So I just, I'm really confused about like how would WWE go by having Regal back without showing him on TV? Well, the, and sorry, I cut out a minute there, but don't forget WWE used to have a no compete clause where even if you got released, you couldn't do anything for months. So I, I'm more, when I said more of the off script, it, so for example, like Vince and Triple H, you know, it's, it's their vision, not more just their vision. It's a creative vision, but things flow through them. People know who's boss. Everyone knows Tony Khan's the boss. But there's a little bit more, you know, free reign over there. And to be quite honest with you, I never really liked, besides William Regal's first appearance when everyone was like, holy crap, and uh, he got in the middle of Brian and Moxley. But I don't know. It You could just tell that I don't think Regal ever fully felt comfortable there. I think in NXT he knew his vision. He knew his way about it. Uh, and he got to do his own thing. When he got released, that was not his choice. Um, but he had to move on after getting a taste of AEW for an older gentleman who wants to be more in the leadership role. WWE just seemed to be for him. Maybe he saw that it was more structural in WWE compared to AEW. Um, I, it just seems like ever since that CM Punk incident a while back, it just seems that AEW just has this bad image about itself. You mentioned Tony Khan is in charge, but it seems like it's only for face. Because it seems like guys just probably do whatever the hell they want to do. Sort of reminiscent on a WCW type day when Hogan and all these other guys were around. And Eric Bischoff was the man in charge. But Hogan, you know, Hogan and Nash and all of them really had the final say on what their character was going to be done with their character. And it just seems like you always hear some reports about issues in a locker room where people are unhappy 
And William Regal's only been there in a year, and he's already coming back. And a lot of guys that were left WWE, Andrade, I know he was one of the guys that was just not happy over there. Um, I'm pretty sure Rusev would complain at one point in time. It's just, you know, I knock AW a lot, and I, I, I know I've been against them, but I would like to see another rival company. But it just really seems like they're crumbling from inside out. It just seems like they have too much in-house issues that it will eventually start leaking out all over and it can just go really bad from here if tony khan really doesn't get control of his locker room his guys basically yeah and uh, there's always a few bad seeds like look cm punk uh never was the easiest to work with and most outlets um that he's been in and that's just the way it is. Um, but it's interesting to me that, you know, William Regal has been around a long time, um, you know, wanted to go back so quickly. A lot of people have not, and a lot of people never will. Some, of course, uh, like Cody Rhodes, well, it's just a matter of how it goes, hoping that both shows do really good as we keep getting on uh, with this wrestling. Man, Cleveland's crazy. They say, uh, before we get out of here, Roman Reigns, it's coming up on three years since he's last been pinned, which means his, uh, you know, his uh, cancer leukemia stint um, and then went through remission was all before this story. So, I mean, that is already near four years ago. Time just freaking flies. Um, but we've talked about it a, me- a plethora of times, but I'm just going to say it straight up. Break up these damn titles sooner or later with storylines we need to start getting um clarity to mania as if because i want to know are we fighting for both titles at the rumble are we fighting for one title at the rumble are we fighting for both titles on both nights at mania are we fighting for one it's time you're going to get people back from injury soon you're going to be getting towards you know the super bowl of your company let's get these titles separated to get more things going um, here's a little, I think they will do separate. I've been watching Young Rock recently. Fantastic show. Gives you a really good depth, detail into the world of wrestling. And for a lot of people that do watch the show, you know that there's always been subtle hints about The Rock returning. One episode, him and Roman, a young Roman made a comment, and Rock said, no, that match is worthy of a WrestleMania. And then the latest episode last week, in the background, it was like an Easter egg, you can see the SmackDown Universal Champion on the shelf. Everyone knows The Rock has never held that champion, but it was on his title shelf with the rest of his belts. So I thought that was a really interesting Easter egg type thing. If you didn't notice, yeah. to go back and watch it. But it's that's what I'm saying. It's it's very. I could see possibly that The Rock takes one belt off and Roman keeps the other belt, and. Because I'm pretty sure rumors been going around The Rock may win the Rumble. He may show up at the Rumble. That's just this quick thing. If The Rock comes back to the Royal Rumble at number 30, I'm going to lose it. I am probably going to stand up and just. Oh, it's going to be. Oh, my God. The moment I hear, if you smell, you smell. Oh, just it'll be one of those edge type moments where I think the roof would just blow off the building watching The Rock come back in the Rumble. So. Like I said, I might have tears of joy. You know what? I, you know, I don't want to say it, but I think I might get a little soft too watching that just because 
he was a childhood hero for a lot of us, and this is definitely going to be his last run. One of the greatest, arguably probably the greatest wrestler in WWE history of all time, making his final return home. And it'll just be surreal moments. So I think The Rock takes one just because Young Rock, I think it's a very, I think it's a very, uh, I'm trying to find detail type show where The Rock, just like I said, drops subtle hints about it. So maybe Rock takes one, Roman keeps the other, which would be perfectly fine with me because you're right, Joe. I'm a huge Roman guy, but we got to break the belts up just because it's becoming stale. I wouldn't say it's stale, but Raw just looks weak without a world champion. It just doesn't feel right. And unless we combine the shows and make it one brand again, then you need every show needs its own championship belt. Yeah, it's it you just need it. Uh and we fully agree on that. And no more, no less. It's Raw's three hours long. And if you're gonna put it on for three hours, let's have one of the main titles on that show. Uh, but that being said, he's Cleve. This is me. We're going to be bringing you shows all the way through to WrestleMania. Uh, we're getting to AEW winners coming tomorrow. We're six weeks away from the Royal Rumble, uh, NXT, New Year's Evil. There is a lot coming up. But for that being said, God bless, good night, and enjoy the rest of your week in the wrestling community.